The pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large and, and we want to continue to fight. Uh, the generation of players before us fought and now it's our job to, to keep on fighting. The pay cap for the women's Major League Soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap for men's Major League Soccer. 11 times. Rapino gets across him. Listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera only on Girls Soccer Network. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Rotas Wadera, and thank you guys so, so much for tuning in to another episode of Give and Go. This is episode 51. And again, we are so grateful that you made the choice to listen to us at Girls Soccer Network here today. Again, for all the latest and greatest news, lifestyle, everything surrounding the world of women's soccer, we got you covered. Go to www.girlsoccernetwork.com. Check us out on Instagram at Girls Soccer Network or on Twitter at Girls Soccer Net. And again, please, I want to reiterate, share this show. If you guys are a fan of this show, let other people know about it, right? Let us get some feedback on it, whatever you guys can do to help us out. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. We are always looking for your feedback. So again, you can get this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever, whether you want to subscribe, do whatever you want with this show, but please share it. Thank you so, so much. We have a lot to get into today. It's going to be a jam-packed episode, a special, special interview with rookie Ava Cook of the Chicago Red Stars having a great start to her career so far. We're going to get into that interview in a little bit, but first, we have a word from our sponsor, Q Collar. We all know that concussions and brain injuries are a part of this sport that we'd rather not think about, but we wouldn't be using our brains if we didn't, right? Soccer is a contact sport. It's what makes the game exciting and such a challenge. But when players go down and lose their ability to play for sometimes months on end, not to mention the hardships on their personal health, that's the part of the game we wish just didn't exist. Thankfully, there are companies out there whose mission it is to make the game safer, and one of those is our sponsor, Q-Collar. The Q-Collar is a lightweight, horseshoe-shaped collar that sits around your neck and applies light pressure, creating more blood volume around your brain. You're probably thinking, how can that help guard against brain injury? Well, that extra blood volume reduces brain movement and helps protect your most important asset, whether you're heading the ball or colliding with the brick wall of a keeper. Players who wear the Q-Collar love it. In fact, former U.S. Women's National Team player Megan Klingenberg says this about it, I will wear my Q-Collar for the rest of my life and encourage everyone else to do so. Other stars such as Emily Menges, Omar Gonzalez, and AJ De La Garza have also been major endorsers of Q-Collar. We're really excited about this product, so be sure to check out the article on girlssoccernetwork.com. And if you want to learn more and if you're ready to take your safety into your own hands and help protect your brain, use code GSN10 to get 10% off your order at qcollar.com. Again, GSN10 to get 10% off your order at qcollar.com. I mean, hey, uh, an endorsement from Megan Klingenberg saying that she's going to wear this for the rest of her life, I think, is a pretty solid endorsement. So if I were you, I would definitely get on that and definitely check out Q-Collar. Uh, we're really, really excited to, to be working with them. All right, now let's get into the nitty-gritty of this episode. Without further ado, uh, we've got a very special interview with Ava Cook 
of the Chicago Red Stars. Again, the rookie has had a lot going on. Currently leads the league in assists with three and is slowly just getting better and better with each game. So again, it was a pleasure to be able to to speak with her. And here it is, guys. Enjoy. So Ava, how are things going with you? How are things going with the team? You guys are currently in a great spot in the table in third. And what's, yeah, what's the feeling in the locker room like, especially with a first-year head coach also joining you guys? Yeah, you know, definitely a lot of new faces for sure. Um, me being a rookie, I, so far it's been, you know, everyone's been super welcoming. Um, it's definitely felt like a team environment for sure. Um, as far as, you know, how the season's going so far, on the ups, we're in a lot right now. So um, we had like five games and maybe 14 or 15 days. So we're powering through that. Um, then we'll really get to sit down and, and focus on what we need to get better at and what we need to do. It's good so far. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. And so how are you feeling about this year? Like you just mentioned, what's been the biggest adjustment coming from the college level to the pro level? Yeah, that's, that's a big question. Um, one of the biggest adjustments right off the bat is definitely the pace of play. You know, in in college, you're not doing so many other things. You're in class, you're in this club, that club, all of these different things. But at the pro level, you know, like this is your job. This is your only focus. Um, so when you look at something like a scattering port in college, you know, there's maybe a couple of key players. Whereas here, it's like everybody on the field is fully capable at all times um, or else they wouldn't be here. So that's, that's definitely an adjustment, but it makes it that much more you know, exciting and fun to get to play against literally some of the best players in the world. So it's been, it's been a great time so far. That's awesome. And you're leading the league in assists currently as a rookie with, with three, has that kind of been part of the game plan with working with coach Petroselli and, and you, as you would being a distributor in attack, or is that something you've been working on? You know, I think it's just something that has just kind of happened so far. Um, Obviously I give credit to all my teammates because I wouldn't have assists if it weren't for them scoring. So um, I'm so lucky to get to work with the players that I do every day alongside them and learn from them. Um, so it's something obviously we want to keep doing and moving forward, but you know, it's just like, they're great. So without them, I wouldn't be able to be in that position currently. So it's, it's awesome. And now this has probably been, you know, a crazy three year window for you, right? You were a player that wasn't on a lot of people's radars coming into your year at Michigan state. You were at grand Valley state before that a big division two program. And then you go from there to Michigan state to Chicago. Um, what is it like for you? Um, what has the journey been when you had to really work extra hard and earn everything that you had to have? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I was one of those kids where in high school, I barely had a single college offer. Um, but I was also someone who was really determined. And I knew that if I could continue to improve and, you know, grow as a player that the opportunities would come. Um, it was just a matter of having to work for that. So, you know, I'm obviously thankful to everyone at Grand Valley, at Michigan State, and obviously now the Red Stars to just kind of give me the, the opportunity to, you know, show what I can do and to, to get me to be a better player. Um, it's definitely been an interesting journey, but I, I wouldn't change it for anything. That's awesome. And were there any soccer idols that you had growing up that kind of inspired you on this path? 
I mean, for me being a little girl, obviously just watching women's soccer as a whole, you know, they've come so far, we've come so far. Um, but there were so many who paved the way for us to be where we are right now. So all of those people made an incredible impact on my life. Um, and of course me being the kid that I am, Ronaldo was a huge one for me. You know, I just loved that in, in every area on the field, like he excels, you know, I thought he was special because he had so many different areas that he was so great in. And I always looked up to that and obviously he was entertaining to watch. So definitely one of my idols for sure. Cool. So, so we should look for a little bit of a little bit of CR seven in your game going forward. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying my hardest. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're looking great out there. You're great. You're killing it. Um, Thank you. So now that uh, you've gotten a taste for the NWSL and what the pace of play is like, what are some areas you feel that you can improve, and what are some of your goals that you hope to achieve now that you've entered the pro ranks? For sure. Um, I mean, right off the bat, since the pace of play is so high, you know, just the more technical side of things, um, it's definitely an adjustment and it's something that I'm working on all the time to get better at. Um, and not only that, but the soccer IQ side as well. I think that's kind of an underrated thing. You know, when people think of areas to improve, they think of, you know, like physical aspects like, oh, fitness or touches or shots. But like soccer IQ is a huge, huge thing. Um, and when you're at a level like this, it, you can really benefit from having a high soccer IQ. So that's definitely a goal of mine is to, you know, improve that. And again, the technical side of things as well, always working on it. Mm -hmm. For sure. So I know it's still, still early, but what to you has been the coolest moment of, of your pro career so far? That is a good question. Um, obviously playing in front of, you know, all of our home fans, um, in Chicago for the first time was amazing. Um, but I think to, to go hand in hand with that was really playing, I think Siendo, San Diego was pretty cool. Um, they had a lot of fans there. So it was a really, really big crowd and it mm -hmm. definitely changes the atmosphere. Um, we just haven't been lucky enough at home to get like a great night of weather to get everyone out. Mm -hmm. So I, I think as soon as that weather picks up, it's going to be a good atmosphere um, for us in Chicago too. And they already, the fans are already fantastic here. Like they are so supportive. It's so fun to play for them. Um, but I think those, those are probably my two favorite moments so far. Cool. Yeah. I mean, the atmosphere, like, I mean, we see what's going on in Angel City, right? The atmosphere right. of those games. Yeah, sure. Exactly. I mean, Chicago is always probably one of the more passionate fan bases in the league. Oh, so passionate. Like they are the best. It's awesome to have their support all the time. And so changing gears a little bit, um, what was your inspiration behind um, Avco Designs, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah, so that's it's up in the air on how to pronounce it. I always say Avco, a lot of people say Avco. Um, so obviously I, I grew up in Michigan and Michigan has a lot of towns, a lot of cities along the lakeshore that are kind of big touristy cities, right? And they always have all of these like Michigan gear, Michigan stickers, stuff like that. So growing up, I was always a sucker for that. Um, but then I kind of got to an age where I realized a lot of it's very similar and I like to draw and do stuff on the computer. Um, and one day I just happened to make a little doodle. My friend's like, Hey, that would be a really cool sticker. So it, from there, it just kind of turned into this whole like stickers, shirts, hats. Um, and my goal is just to be as unique as possible. You know, um, the store has been on pause for a little bit. I wanted to get here and get settled. Um, 
before I try to do both of them at the same time. But hopefully beginning of July, things will ramp back up for that because summer's a big time for, for all of that stuff, obviously with tourists and stuff like that. And hopefully expanding my, my horizons a little bit with the, with the store itself. So I'm excited. That's awesome. So what can people do if they do want to check out or the store you said is still on pause, right? So there's like, is it'll be hopefully back up in July. Okay. So, um, I do have a link in my bio and I also have like an Instagram page, um, that should be linked also in my bio. So people want to check it out. They totally can head over to that. Um, I'm also on Facebook, but Instagram seems to be more of a, a trendier space for, for the, the target audience, but um, yeah. And your uh, Instagram handle is at Ava COO, right? With no- Yes. Okay. No K, someone stole the K before I could get to it. Oh man. I, <laughs> I mean, had to shorten it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ava Koo, it, it's, it's a unique identifier. It's cool. It, it is, it's I'll a, take it. I'm, yeah. I'll shorten my name more than it already is. So it's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, We've so I know you've been working closely with us at Girls Soccer Network as well. Um, you've been the you know the main designer for the Soccerista United mentorship program. Uh, yeah. So you know, tell us more about some of the work you've been doing, what it means to you, and and all that great stuff. I mean, first of all, I was so honored to be you know reach or to have Jen reach out to me and you know ask me to do something like that because it's such a cool program. Um, and everyone there has been great. Like the communication was the easiest I've ever had with working. So it was really nice to just get to design that um, for them and, you know, work hand in hand with them. Um, and, you know, I, I love little jobs like that. Like I love working closely with people to make something that they love and that they'll use. Um, so usually any little, you know, like side logos, stuff like that, that I can kind of get on board with someone I'll dive right into it because I just think it's so much fun and enjoyable. Okay, cool. So you're very much into like design and, and the visual stuff going back to Avco design. Stuff. Yep. Yep. I love just, it's kind of like freelance work, you know? Um, I've just always had a thing for like graphic design on the computer and stuff like that. Um, so it's fun when I get to like put two and two together and, you know, make it something soccer related and graphic design related. So it was really fun for me to work on that. And again, super thankful that they, they asked me to be a part of it. Awesome. All right. Last question for you. So having gotten as far as you have being one of those players that truly, you know, didn't have any high school, like barely had any collegiate offers. You know, what's your advice to all the young girls out there looking to make it at the club, high school, college, pro level, wherever it may be? As cliche as this is, and this is probably everyone's answer to this question. It is do not give up no matter what anyone tells you. I think that it's very easy to get discouraged, you know, especially in a competitive environment. And I think it's really easy to get down on yourself. But the more you persevere through that and the more you believe in yourself, like things will come. Um, my biggest thing was always being coachable. I try to be the most coachable I can be. And that's, you know, take criticism take ideas that maybe you don't like, but the coach wants you to do, like, just try it. You know, there's a really good chance that whatever their idea is, is probably going to be the best thing for you. Mm -hmm. um, so being coachable is just a huge underrated, um, you know, quality that I think it's something, it sounds simple, but it's something that can kind of get lost in translation a little bit along the way. So that's definitely my advice to everyone out there for sure. 
Again, that was Ava Cook of the Chicago Red Stars doing some pretty big things over there. And in a great situation, too, to be surrounded by um, all that uh, veteran talent that's been around for so long, that part of that Chicago core group of players between DiBernardo and uh, Daniel Colaprico and all those that entire group, Alyssa Mouts, they're all still there. So for her to be learning from, from such you know, long-standing players in the NWSL is huge. Not just them, but obviously the coaching staff and, and everyone else involved. So really excited to see uh, Ava Cook's growth and, and how far she continues to go in her career. Right, it is NWSL time. We definitely got to get into some of what's been going on around the league. A lot of stuff has been happening. I think the biggest piece of news would have to be the Amanda Cromwell hiring, probably one of the more higher-profile um, coaching hires in the women's soccer space in a while. A coach that has been revered for so long at UCLA ends up leaving the program to go to Orlando and then within the first couple months of the job is now on leave for allegations of abuse, which is pretty shocking uh, because we had a, a big talk. Everyone in the media ourselves included were yeah we need to hire more women in this space and we were wrong because that isn't the answer as we could see here there's it's a coaching culture that we've talked about many many times on this podcast before so I'm not gonna you know get up here and repeat that again but it, it, it's something that is here in every sport it is something that happens at every level there are coaches who it, it's a constant power struggle right I mean I, I understand in some senses as a coach you have to be able to control and command and get that many people, a group of people, 30 plus people to listen to you and be on the same page with you at all times in order to achieve a common goal. And sometimes it's it's not going to work out that way. You have so many different contrasting personalities, egos, family members, things to, that you have to deal with as a coach that are so difficult. But with that being said, we have to do better. We have to be willing to look inside of ourselves and say hey we what why am i acting this way towards my players am i in a, i am in a position of power and influence but i need to be weary of that i have to that have, there has to be checks and balances around it right too many times coaches are just given autonomy and free reign to do as they please and we've seen it in other sports i think bob knight in indiana is probably the biggest example of that where you're just such a legendary coach and person that whatever happens in between the lines doesn't matter well we're finally getting to a place where it does matter and so we're seeing that now amanda cromwell could be on the verge of not having a job which is kind of crazy uh the interim head coach is is seb hines who was a former uh, premier league player for middlesbrough for almost a, a decade and has a ton of experience over there in england and then of course came over to the mls where he was in orlando playing for orlando city sc and then naturally transitioned over to the women's side and became an assistant there so you could tell him and the team are all business. They're doing whatever they can to separate themselves from this situation and and really just try to focus on the soccer at hand, right? And really focus on training and moving forward as a team. They, they don't want to deal with s such distractions and, and credit them for having that type of mentality going into their next game. So interesting to see how this whole situation is going to play out, but they seem to be Still in a good place uh, with Seb Hines leading leading the way as of now. But again, that is subject to change. In terms of around the league and the state of the league and how things are going, it is truly great to see 
the amount of parity that we have right now. Now that we have 12 teams with half of the teams fighting for playoff spots, um, even though North Carolina, Kansas City, Orlando are your bottom three right now with Racing Louisville and, and Washington and Gotham, I mean, all of the teams that are out of the playoff picture right now are either tied or within one, one to two points, right? North Carolina is two points, one win away from somehow sneaking into the top six. Again, it is still, we're about, I would say, a third of the way into the regular season. We've still got a long ways to go. Uh, the table naturally is not going to look the same as, as what it is now, but it is pretty shocking to see the two expansion teams, both the San Diego Wave and Angel City at the top. Um, naturally, Angel City picked up a huge win thanks to a late, late uh, Savannah McCaskill penalty. But the bad news, Kristen Press hurt her knee, had to be helped off the field. Luckily, no stretchers or anything like that. It wasn't that serious. But again, any type of knee injury for your star player, that's always, always going to be a stressful situation where you're always on pins and needles. Is, is she okay? How, how is she going to be moving forward? Still more, more to come on her status, I'm sure. But Still, to see San Diego and Angel City at the top when when they don't even have like complete rosters yet. I mean, San Diego probably is the most complete. They look really smart for taking uh, Naomi Gurma, who is, uh, you know, one rookie of the month, one of the best defenders, you know, as a rookie already. So, you know, she's playing really well. Um, and then, of course, we have Alex Morgan in the new situation with eight goals already to her name, <laughs> twice as many as the next player after her. So she's just like insane right now this is clearly a situation that she was meant to be in back home in california close to the family and now she can just ball out and enjoy and that's literally what she's been doing so it's a scary sight to see her when she's like this and if she can keep this pace right and teams can't slow her down right then they they will be a top three team with how they've started the year especially dealing with the injuries that they have dealt with it's, it's so much fun to watch Alex Morgan in San Diego right now. And again, we need to tamper expectations just a little bit because Angel City, I don't think, will end up sticking around in that number two spot for as long as Tyler Lucy is starting at right back. We lose Jasmine Spencer to an injury, which is big. And so having to start Tyler Lucy is, a bit, is you know, not ideal. That's not her ideal position. She's, I mean, you could tell, like, of course, everyone is about the team and will do whatever it takes to help the team win, and that's amazing. But, like, Tyler Lucy's not a right back. <laughs> She's just not, okay? She's not. So that we need to fix that situation, and hopefully, Lucy Bronze, by some miracle, if she choose, I would hope that she chooses L.A. over San Diego. I know that those are probably two of the teams that are on her list right now. She's been photographed at one of the Angel City games a couple weeks ago. So, you know, the the option is there. We know she's not going to be in her contract. One of the best right backs in the world is available. If you're Angel City, you need to get on the phone and do whatever you can with this, with, you know, to get on the phone with this player and be like, hey, we want you, and what do we got to do to make this happen? So if, if the money works out, if they have the international roster spot, you know, there's a lot of a lot of things in play. So we'll see where she signs. In other NWSL news, of course, uh, there was the Trinity Rodman situation this week where we know we heard about the contract offer that she'd gotten, right, more than a million dollars. 
over a four-year period, and then her comments got totally blown out of proportion, and I'm like, this is the world that we live in, unfortunately, now, where even though you didn't mean it, and even though, like, the context was totally harmless, everyone took it the wrong way, and she had to go on social media and clarify, no, that is not what I meant. Um, I Like, I read it the first time and was like, I don't think she meant any harm by this, but here we are. So that's that's that. We'll leave it at that. I don't see much of an issue there with the with the situation, and she is paving a way, as she mentioned, for everyone else to come after her. Um, another trade alert: uh, both CC Kaiser and Addison Merrick asked to to go closer to home to be with their families, and so for them, that it would happen to be Kansas City. The Kansas City current get two really good players, man. I think they're two starters. CC Kaiser was a starter for Louisville. Addison Merrick, we saw burst onto the scene for the North Carolina Courage, and then Louisville kind of, you know, plucked her away in the expansion draft. So they're going to Kansas City, but to only get in one international roster spot and and money does not seem like enough for me if, if you're racing Louisville. They obviously have plans with that international spot. They are trying to, I wouldn't say have more of a European influence, but that's certainly like the direction that they're going in attacking-wise under the new Swedish manager. So um, it's interesting. I, I would have liked to have gotten at least a, a player back for those two because those are two players of value to me. And to only be giving, only be getting a spot and money uh, you could have gotten a little bit more, I felt, if, if you're if you're racing Louisville. But hey, that's that that's the name of the game. That the amount of like trades where teams will fleece other teams is appalling to me. I think we need to, um, as the league grows and as it expands, and everyone will start to get a better idea of of what is a good deal and not a good deal in terms of in terms of value and and what you're getting at at that particular time. So it could totally work out for for Louisville in trading two players who might not do all that much for Kansas City. You have never, you have no idea how these situations will play out. But for me, I don't think they got enough back. So if you're Louisville, we'll we'll see how this goes. Lastly, on the NWSL front, of course, we have the best eleven for the month of May. Valentula's Joyce out of New York. No, but I know she didn't go to college in New York, but she's from New York originally. The OL Reign goalkeeper has really made a name for herself and has been really, really impressive. Uh, so for her to get named the best keeper of the month, it's a very big deal. Very, very big deal. Congrats to her and credit the OL Reign for for finding her because I know she also was not one of the more highly touted goalkeepers coming out so for her for them to go get her and find her and have her starting in such high so many high leverage games so early on in her career is really cool to see alana cook continues to get better and better and better soon to be a starter for the u.s women's national team backline you'd have to think so only a matter of time vanessa gil uh doing an amazing job anchoring that angel city backline not just her presence physically, but her ability to win headers is some of the best we've ever seen. So scoring goals from the, you know, from corner kicks as well as being able to clear the ball. Mark, she she's really done a great great job for Angel City, and it's you know awesome to see her come from a different situation where she was not again highly touted either. Had to really work her way to get to this point so to see her get the recognition is really cool we already mentioned naomi germa who was also named rookie of the month so for her to get on this 
roster for the month is definitely a big deal. Again, that this justifies the pick. It justifies taking her over Jalen Howell when she was Howell was largely the consensus number one player. San Diego looking really smart for taking her right now. Sofia Huerta, uh, kind of crazy that she has to get relegated to to the defender spot on the starting eleven. But I guess you know she is coming forward and playing in a more defensive role and still able to create really really well. So. Sofia Huerta for the Oil Reign is having a phenomenal year. Savannah DeMello, again, another rookie out of USC. We've mentioned going into the year, depending on how well Savannah DeMello and Jalen Howell do together, um, is going to dictate how good Racing Louisville is. And so for her to be, again, in this team, really cool to see because the young talent is is getting some some recognition for for all their hard work. Taylor Korniak had a brace, I believe, to to drag San Diego back after they were losing. So that was kind of a crazy performance for her to get two in as many minutes. I think it was what seven minutes to escape with a draw there against a really tough Portland team that looked like they were going to come away with three points. So Taylor Korniak for that performance definitely got herself on this starting eleven. Rose Lavelle. Rose Lavelle is just Rose. Not too much to say there. I mean, she's just Rose. Rachel Daly, as usual, kicking butt and taking names. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. Like, I'm gonna, I'm coming for you is, is her mentality always. And, again, you could see that the Houston Dash offense last week was incredible. I mean, putting five goals past Orlando. Michelle Prince had a hat trick. But Rachel Daly really is the star of this team and naturally will get the nod up front there. Alex Morgan, Player of the Month, already talked about her and how great she's been, how good she's going to continue to be, right, on pace for like a 20-goal year, which would easily shatter the, you know, the, the record. Um, I don't think Sam Kerr broke 20. I would have to, again, check check the stats on that. But Alex Morgan's on pace to potentially set the record for most goals in one NWSL season. So if she could do that, I mean, come on. Come on now. Put some respect on her name, man. Put some respect. Um, and the same goes for Mallory Pugh, who we all need to start respecting. And there was a time, remember, where because of the injuries, because of the situation she was in, it, it just wasn't working out, getting traded to multiple teams. And now to be in Chicago, where she gets to be the focal point, really, and really be the the tallies woman for them and be that go-to player, that go-to scorer uh, for Chicago. And, and she's done an incredible job already. And to, again, to add her with Ava Cook, who has been able to get her the ball, to go with that incredible veteran core that Chicago has is so, so much fun. So, again, Mallory Pugh, Alex Morgan, hey, man, that's a pretty cool uh, front line for the U.S. Women's National Team, if I do say so myself, to have those two, those two up front. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll have to see what Vladko does as we sort of you know, shift gears towards the U.S. Women's National Team now that we've completed some NWSL stuff. The U.S. Women's National Team, man, 59 players have been called in as a preliminary kind of roster check for the Women's CONCACAF Tournament, which is coming up in July. And uh, it's going to be a really interesting tournament because of injuries. There are a lot of star players out for the U.S. Women's National Team. Tierna Davidson, Abby Dahlkemper. There's also Katarina Macario, who just tore her ACL. More on that in, in a second. But yeah, there are so many injuries that 
these uh, that the U.S. Women's National Team is going to have to deal with. But we are so deep and so talented that you know there's so much talent to choose from of these 59 players. Probably some of the best of the best from who's been doing well in the NWSL right now and who has experience with the team. Uh, so let's take a closer look at who might get onto those final rosters as we as we break things down. Let's take a closer look here. All right, so we start with the goalkeepers: Bella Bixby, Jane Campbell, A. A. Dizzle, Aubrey Kingsbury, Casey Murphy, Alyssa Nair, Fallon Tulis Joyce. <laughs> Super cool to see Fallon Tulis Joyce name make that list. That's going to be a big deal for her just to get that experience with those six other keepers. Bella Bixby as well, up and coming. Casey Murphy, all of them have gotten you know opportunities in this camp. But it looks like the top three are going to be Alyssa Nair, Aubrey Kingsbury, and I guess Jane Campbell. Because again, she's probably got a little bit more time with the national team than A. Dizzle does. So, you know, three keepers to choose from that list is kind of crazy. Good luck to, to Vladko, uh, but they I'm sure they, they've got a pretty decent idea already. From the defender side, some big names. Caprice Didasco, love to see her make the make this preliminary roster. Will she make the final cut? Not so sure. Uh, Naomi Gurma as well getting a shot. Alex Loera having a great rookie year with, with Kansas City and um, getting the call-up as a result. That was really an interesting name to see. Haley Mace is, is super talented, has gotten appearances with the U.S. Women's National Team before. Not much of a surprise. Um, one of the best defenders at the college level, Emily Mason, gets a call. Merritt Mathias, Kristen McNabb, Emily Menges, so many great players here. Um, but I think ultimately we're going to see Alana Cook, Emily Fox, Kelly O'Hara, Becky Sauerbrunn, as your and Emily Sonnet as like your five main defenders, and then whoever makes it after that, it's going to be really close. I think between Merritt Mathias, possibly Carson Pickett, Imani. Does Imani Dorsey get in there? Sofia Huerta will probably be, I would say, the biggest candidate. So it'd be Huerta, uh, Huerta O'Hara, Sauerbrunn, Sonnet, Fox. Cook as as your six defenders there. If they do end up taking six, we go down to the midfield list. Love Croy Bethune. That's one of the coolest names I've ever heard. Okay, Croy Bethune, but one of the best college players in the country. Going to have a big year at USC this year. Keep an eye on her. Uh, naturally got the call. Michaela Clough of Orlando. Sam Coffey doing well in Portland. Savannah Demello. Vanessa Di Bernardo. Again, for her to get this call is a really great, you know, rewarded for all of her consistency over the years. I know she, I'm sure she's gotten other calls in the past, but this is a big one to be getting. Emily Madrill, also Florida State, the national defending national champions. Again, ar- arguably their best player. Same with with Jenna Nyswanger, who I failed to mention in our article that it should be coming out soon on the top ten college teams that we may have. You cannot. You have to include her along with Emily Madrill when you're talking about Florida State going forward. Even though Mark Corian left, sorry for that little tangent there. But you look at all this talent that's there. Danny Weatherhold getting a call is definitely uh, nice to see along with Jalen Howell. Uh, but I think when you look at this group of midfielders, Andy Sullivan's naturally going to be anchoring along with Lindsey Horan. Those are the two big names, and then Christy Mewis is probably the third. 
big name player to go with Rose Lavelle. Those are probably your four main midfielders. Still a solid core with Ashley Sanchez probably being the fifth to make it, and then Jalen Howell probably being six, I would think, out of this group of midfielders that's there. Moving on to the forwards. Bethany Balser slowly but surely continually getting her name in the pot, playing well. Sydney LaRue. Oh my God. Could it really be? Could we really see the return of Sydney LaRue in a U.S. Women's National Team uniform? That would be something special. That would be so, so cool. After all this time for her to get that look again, to prove to everybody that it's, you know, pregnancy doesn't mean anything like in that sense of you can come back and still play. Like it will not impact you the way that people think it will. Or it will impact you the way that it think you will. You just have to be so mentally strong and disciplined to be able to push through it. CC Kaiser makes the list, man. So again, for we were talking about it earlier for racing Louisville to just be giving her up for nothing for a international spot is crazy because uh, she made this the short list. Midge Purse, Megan Rapino, the usual suspects. Morgan Weaver coming in is is pretty cool. Kristen Press now that she's hurt. This is likely going to give some opportunities to some other people that would normally get that chance. Now, Vladko did say that Kristen was not going to be a part of the team even prior to her injury, saying that she wasn't producing. I think it's an interesting <laughs> debate or, you know, question to ask because that Megan Rapino hasn't been playing at all. So for her to be making the team, it's just that logic from Vladko, I think, has a lot of people confused. And so you can't apply logic to certain players and then not apply it to, to others, if that makes sense. So can't have it both ways. So until he explains that situation, I think we'll be in a better place. But yeah, from the time that we initially started this to the time that the episode is going to come out, uh, the finalized roster was released. So definitely some surprising names. Sam Coffey getting in was really, really cool to see. Uh, a couple younger players as well. But again, to not see Kristen Press in before the injury was something that is, is surprising when Megan Rapino has not played. And Alex Morgan is in. She's playing well. But yeah, not everyone's getting into the team. Either way, uh, it's going to be a great CONCACAF championship for all these younger players to get some real tournament experience with real stakes on the line. So that's going to be huge for the U.S. Women's National Team moving forward. And again, cannot wait to see how this summer is going to go with this new look lineup, new look team. How are they going to put everyone together? What are the combinations going to be? You know, does Taylor Cor do players like Taylor Cornea come into the side? So it makes it, you know, an interesting situation moving forward for the U.S. Women's National Team. The first major piece of news is Lyon winning the D1 Arkema French Domestic League and winning the Champions League. So for them to complete that sweep is definitely something that they're they're happy about, that they get to reassert themselves as the dominant force in women's soccer because naturally Chelsea and Barca tried to break through, but it was not enough. That Lyon game, Amandine Henri's goal, was something special from long distance like that. So Lyon deserved to be uh, champions. The one uh, major note from Lyon, though, the reason why we're bringing it up is because, you know, Lyon already had the league clinched going into the last their last game, right? And guess what happens? Katarina Macario tears her ACL, which begs the question, why was she in the game? Hello? 
Why was she out there in a game of no consequence? This is the type of situation where the U.S. Soccer Federation needs to, like every other country does this, okay? Everyone does this when it comes to fighting with federations and fighting with club teams about how much a player should be playing. Are you going to include them in the team? We want to see them. There's so many politics that go on behind the scenes, right? So this one for me was a bit shocking. She has no business being out there, man. This was a game that like you'd have to it was not it didn't have any consequence, right? End of the last game of the season where you've already clinched and you tear your ACL. So it's that's really gut-wrenching and everyone's been very good you know, positive and happy about the situation. And from Katarina's perspective, that's really great because she seems determined to come back from this better than ever. But it's still, like, <laughs> addresses a larger point of why was she out there? Um, I, I don't see why she should have been. Because, unless the reasoning is, oh, we have fans here who want to see her. Well, I mean, come on. You have how many, like, we've been here so many times before where, what side do you want to take? Do you want to take the player side? Do you want to take the team side or the fan side? What side are you on? Uh, in this case, this is not good for Lyon. But and they're so, such a powerful club. They don't, they're not bothered, right? They're not like, oh, we sh- she shouldn't have been in there that last game. I... They naturally wanted to put out their best team in a game that had no meaning. So, tough one. And now we get to wait a whole another year for Katarina Macario to recover. And and hopefully, you know, get better and, and be back better than ever. Because watching her is, it's a treat. It's, it's truly something awesome to witness. And now that she's finally, you know, picked it up and is starting to play well, in, especially in France over there, it is really cool how... She's blossoming before, into a star before our very eyes, and then this happens. So, again, we wish you a super, super speedy recovery, and we hope you get back onto the pitch soon. We really, really need you, Kat. We really, really need you. Again, last couple pieces of notes here. Sam Kerr opening up on her relationship with Christy Buis. This was an interesting article that I saw on, on Just Women's Sports. I thought there was going to be more to it, but it literally was just how they love being goofballs together and how Sam has actually met Christy Mewis's family. They met the Mewis family, so definitely pretty pretty serious is what it sounds like and what it seems. You know, it's really awesome, good for them, and it's cool to see that relationship kind of blossom in the way that it has. Other big, big moment, Kadisha Buchanan signing with Chelsea, moving on from Lyon, of, of course, like, you've won enough league titles and Champions League titles to you know more than enough to count if you're Kadisha Buchanan you go on to a new challenge and and for it to be Chelsea oof the rich get richer I mean it looks like an all-star team they're gonna do whatever it takes to win that elusive Champions League title they are gonna go for it no matter what it's literally an all-star team that is on par with Lyon's at this point now that you add Buchanan from Lyon to Chelsea man expectations are only going to be higher for Emma Hayes and Chelsea for real because you know everything has to fall into place now with Buchanan solidifying their defenses expectations are going to be higher than ever especially Emma Hayes winning manager of the year Sam Kerr winning PFA player of the year which is of course well deserved so 
They, they won all the hardware. They've won just about everything there is to win except for the Champions League trophy. So in a big game, the biggest of moments, when you need to get it done, can they get it done? We've still yet to see that. Next year, though, will probably be the opportunity where you know they're, they're really going to be extra motivated and it's going to be fun to watch all of that unfold, especially if you're a Chelsea fan. But we're going to see how this all-star team fares next season. Lastly, before we wrap up, the international, the Women's International Champions Cup was announced. Barcelona was initially in it and then dropped out, which is so, so unfortunate. But we still got four great teams. The Portland Thorns naturally hosting. You have Lyon, of course, the Juggernauts from France, star-studded roster. Monterrey coming from Mexico. That's going to be, again, there's a lot of talent over in Mexico, okay, and that league is, is steadily growing. They probably have like five times the viewership that, that we do in ter- because they love it, man. They truly love it. So women's soccer had, you know, a game out there had one of the biggest draws of attendances ever. So they're going to come to play. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. And then, of course, Chelsea coming to the to the competition. Oh, my God. I want to go. I want to go so I could see Chelsea. I want to go see them, see them live. Even though I'm a Manchester United fan, watching Chelsea and that group would be something special. Not gonna lie. That is all that we have for you today here on episode 51 of Give and Go. Again, I'm your host Rotas Wadera, and thank you so so much for making the choice to listen to us at Girls Soccer Network. Again, for all the latest and greatest. From the world of women's soccer, go to www.girlssoccernetwork.com. Go to Girls Soccer Network on Instagram or Girls Soccer Net on Twitter. And again, for this podcast, give and go. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to them. But please tune in, guys. Keep downloading. We love you, and we hope you have a great week, month, year, whatever it may be. We are always wishing you the best. Thanks, guys. Peace out.